I realized then, after that experience, that the Garifuna spirituality and your involvement has nothing to do with a structure that you may understand. Right. It has nothing to do with that. Because my understanding of all that happened, I would never get involved because in, in that capacity. You're listening to Garifuna Sisters Talk Spirituality. Decided on, I've decided on Garifam. I made that autonomous decision <laughs> to. You made that executive, mm-hmm. you made that unilateral decision yep. without consulting anyone. Mm-hmm. In the last episode, you we were going to do a poll, all of that, but you just decided. I just decided, yeah. I think it's, I think it's for the best. I think I really like Garifam. I don't know. Somebody had suggested Gary Sisters fam, I think. But I felt like that was a bit too long, a bit too... Don't you want to see what the rest of the listeners have to say? It's too wordy. No. No. We're Gary fam now. Sorry. Thanks. That's what it is. Hey, y'all. We're the Gary Fana sisters. My name is Kylie Simone. I'm here with my sister, Stefan Ferroza. We are the Gary Fana... Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted you. Keep we going. Are keep going. The Garif- <laughs> we are the Gary Fana sisters. And we're here talking about spirituality. We hail from Belize. And yeah, we're here. We're here with another episode for you guys. Back to back. Back to no back. Less. We're doing episodes every Sunday, every week until the early until early October. So So this is what it is. This is um our episode with Gwen. Um, oh, by the time this goes out, it's going to be Independence Day weekend in Belize. So since our roots are in Belize, happy Independence happy Day Independence to our people. Yes. You know, stay inside, dodge Corona, because we're still in a panoramic mm-hmm. and vaccinated or not, it's not really safe out there. So please just do what needs to be do done. Do your due diligence, people. Thank you. Yeah. Wash your hands. Don't kiss any strangers. <laughs> all that but if you're single i don't know mm. i don't know what it's like to be single out in these times it's it's a hard time anyway pick one stranger <laughs> that's what i'd say anyway <laughs> pick one stranger <laughs> this is a spirituality podcast we're not talking about anyway so um you know i am here in spain you Kylie just moved jamaica I just moved um I I just moved into my new apartment in the attic which is a lot nicer than it sounds. It's not a Cinderella situation. It's actually a really nice attic. <laughs> and it gives me lots of space to work on this podcast and to work on my music. I'm officially working on my upcoming EP. Blah, 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 period. Um, Y'all need to stream that when yeah, it comes out. I'm, I'm channeling all of well, you guys, I think, will be the first to know when it comes out, or even before it comes out. I'm channeling all of the feelings that come with moving to a brand new place, and I'm putting it into this EP. But more on that later. So, uh, yeah, we're across the Atlantic from each other, and our guest is from Belize. So we have three countries represented in this episode, as per usual. 
just another you know dr gwen Nunes. oh sorry go ahead no i was gonna say just, just another, another country you know where people who who move around a lot so mm, no big deal just another country continue in keeping with our in keeping with our garfana history you know we've always moved of about. course as dad would say about and about mm, nomadic if you will yep yeah so dr gwen Nunes gonzalez is I don't think she's a relative, but she might as well be at this point. <laughs> she's been in our lives for a few years now. She used to visit Trinidad, which you'll hear in the in the conversation. She's a she's a guy from a celebrity. I claim that. I don't know if she would say that. I know she would laugh if I told that to her face, which I have told that to her to her face. But she is a guy from a celebrity in Belize. Everyone knows her. She's a leader. She's an advocate. She's a culture person. She's a comedian. She is hilarious. Oh my gosh. What's a co- comedian? I <laughs> yes. She's the original mistress of ceremonies. Mm. So we've known her for a while, and uh, we really got to know her on our trip to Saint Vincent and the Grenadines in 2017 we're always sort of mentioning that trip with different guests because it was a really epic trip it was an epic pilgrimage and we met people with spiritual experiences and we know them and so you know i kind of knocked on gwen's door this past january and i was like yo the thing that happened to you in saint vincent do you want to share it with the world and she was like whoa and i was like yeah yeah but she was willing. She was willing because, you know, her story, there's so much to learn. You know, lean not on your own understanding. Oh, That's the takeaway. I had written down notes from when, I think in the moment when we were recording because Gwen, Gwen ah. was saying so many things. I was flipping through my journal the other night and I found it and I was like, whoa, because I haven't done this with any other um, guest. I apologize if you'd hear the turning of my pages, but I found what I wrote down. Um, during the interview with Gwen and she said I think my favorite quotes were forgiveness forgiveness is the key to healing how can you move forward if you have a heavy heart maybe forgiveness is the key to moving forward growth and inner peace I think that last bit was my own journaling thought process but but that was the theme of the pilgrimage though healing and going back to a dark place not to not to sit not for the sake of just sitting in it but for the purpose of healing and airing out those dark corners shadow work if you will shadow work yes as the new age quote unquote new age millennials would say shadow work shadow boxing um you know you can't work light without going into darkness which we'll talk more about that when I share my story mm-hmm. in some other episode. <laughs> Gwen was given a task in St. Vincent that um, she was not prepared for in her mind. But the ancestors were like, you gonna do it. They said. And she was like, well. I already <laughs> said, you ready. You may not know that you ready, but you ready. <laughs> mm-hmm. So so thank you for saying Ahari. So for people who may be unaware... Ahari is the Garifuna word for ancestor, I believe, or spirit. Oweha, to Oweha or Owehani, we've mentioned it in a few other episodes, that is spirit possession. So Gwen tells a story, I think, of when she was younger and someone would Oweha and she would run. A lot of people say that, actually. I think Garifuna Duchess also said that. 
So Owehani, Oweha is to be possessed because in our cosmology, in our spirituality, we believe in spirit possession. Typically, typically good spirits. Not always, but typically good spirits. Typically ancestors who, yeah, family members. Family members who are like, my child, you're doing wrong, yeah. or you know, here's what here's what you need to do, or here's what I need, or or you need to kiss and make up with your brother because I I see that you haven't spoken to him in five years, and that's not okay. <laughs> that's not okay. <laughs> Fix that. Yes, there's also that, and then if and if and if you don't do what you're told, then that turns into a whole ceremony that has to be done with the whole Entire family. Family. Yep. Yes, and and that's gonna be a whole other episode. It's called Dugu and. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. So, yes, Ahari is ancestor. Omehani is spirit possession. Yurome is our word for St. Vincent and the Grenadines. So we use that word interchangeably. I can't assume that everyone that's listening knows that we call St. Vincent Yurome. So I'm letting you know. An integral part of Gwen's story is that she had to play the sisira. And that is a musical instrument that is... I think what one would call a maracas, mm-hmm. right? Or That's a shaka, true. like maracas. that. That instrument, that instrument, but it's um, yeah, maracas. But I would say it's different. It has spiritual purposes, so it was very significant that Gwen was the person to play the sisera, and that was what she was resisting, and the whole thing. So that's what a sisera is. Chatouillet, Joseph Chatouillet, was our paramount chief. He led the Garifuna in battle against the British. He was assassinated in 1795. So he is mentioned. That is who Chatouillet is. If you want to know more about him, do the research. There's a wonderful book about him by the Vincentian writer Adrian Fraser. I'll put it in the show notes. He is officially the the only national hero in St. Vincent. So that is Joseph Chatouillet. That's our vocab for the episode. <laughs> Anything else you want to say about this episode, Kai? We talk about language, we talk about spirit, we talk about St. Vincent, we talk about so many things. This is a long episode, but it's interesting. Yeah, it's juicy. It's perfect because we took this hiatus away from you this past summer, and so we're giving you more content, okay? It's juicy. You can take breaks. You can come back. You can listen to it again. Oh, so the Ahari that controlled the pilgrimage controlled? to St. Vincent in 2017. Controlled? He, not narrated. Narrated he, is not the word. He guided? Guided is a, I like that word, yes. Orchestrated? Orchestrated? Anyway, the Ahari that was in charge of, that guided us in, in that pilgrimage. I feel like wording is very important. Um, he re- As a communicator, I just, yeah. He, yeah, 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 that's true, that's true, that's true. He remains unnamed. This Ahari remains unnamed, but we called him Grandpa. So in our episode with Garfana Duchess, she had mentioned how if you, you know, if you're someone that's gifted with hearing spirits and you don't know their name, that you can call them Nagut or Naraguti, which is grandmother or grandfather. And so this Ahari that spoke to Gwen, we called him Grandpa or Gramps because very likely he's a um, grandpa. I want to say that very likely he's related, but probably not. But he's he's an elder. He's an ancestor. He's old. We call him Grandpa out of respect. (laughs) You know, I, I want to avoid confusion for people when listening to this. 
Gwen also mentions that there are people who doubt our mixture. So the Garifuna people, for those who don't know, are mixed with indigenous people of the Eastern Caribbean, so so-called Arawaks or Caribs, mixed with Africans who were never enslaved. That is what our oral history mm-hmm. tells us. And there are people who, because of our dark skin, will be like, oh, you're not indigenous because you're black. But if you look at our people our in a whole, we have a variety we have a variety of colors in our people groups, and that's because we were mixed. And if you want to understand more about that, go listen to our history episode or go do your research. Mm-hmm. I think that's we it. We are phenotypically black, but <clears throat> our lineage is Some of is us. Indigenous. Not all of us, though. Not, not all, all of us, us are phenotypically are, black. Our grandma is very light-skinned, I would say. And her sister, Aunt T. Grandma's sister is also very light Shout out to Aunt T. Love, love her. <laughs> Also, Buye Sara was mentioned in this episode. Buye Sara is deceased. She was a very well-known healer in Dangriga back in the day. And she was mentioned. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of things that people won't really have a frame of reference for to understand the things that Gwen talks about. But I can only do so much of that. So enjoy our conversation with Gwen. We love her. If you want to reach out to her, you can find her on Facebook. Otherwise, let us know. Um, Some of our listeners have asked for the contact information of some of our guests, so it's totally okay to ask us this. Yeah, reach out to us. Send us a DM on Instagram or on our Facebook page or email us at gabbyfunasisters at gmail.com. Like, subscribe, review, share. You guys know the drill by now. Tell your mama. You guys know the. Tell your auntie. Tell your cousin. Tell tell your cousins in America who don't know nothing about nothing. Like, please, <laughs> spread the word. Sharing is caring. My people, nidunyo, share. Not, not the sharing is caring. That sounded almost like we're preaching. <laughs> we're not here to preach. We are preaching. But- this is a spirituality <laughs> podcast. <laughs> All right, well, it's always low-key preaching. Listen to the episode, share it. I hope you enjoy. Have a laugh. You know, sit down, take notes, whatever you want to do. Enjoy. Mabuga, mabuga. So we're here. Kylie and I are here with the esteemed, the wonderful Garifuna activist, Garifuna comedian, Garifuna teacher, and ooh, multi-hyphenate, mm. Gwen Nunez Gonzalez. Mabuga, Gwen. Mabuga, Mabuga, Namulenu. So for our listeners far and wide who may not know who you are, <laughs> who are you and where are you from? Okay, my name is Gwen Nunez Gonzalez. I was born in Hopkins Village. Hopkins is a Garifuna community in the Stan Creek District. And people, I feel, where in Hopkins were you born? The house isn't there anymore, but I'm here as evidence. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was born in Hopkins, Stan Creek District, Belize. Belize is in um, Central America. I live in um, Dangria Tong, another Garifuna community where I grew up. I've been in Dangria since I was six years old. I am now 52, going on yes. 53. Yeah. So um, I'm one of those women who 
that are free to see her age. That's so not good at all. I, 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 I enjoy growing up. I enjoy the beauty of aging because you become wiser, you learn more things, you're able to analyze and um, have the opportunity to fix in your life what you maybe dented in your early <laughs> unwise days, you know? So I am I'm very pleased that I work as, a, uh, as an education officer, the Ministry of Education here in Belize. I am stationed at Benopan in the Kyle District, DC, District Education Center. So I, I'm at the I'm substation. I am very much into cultural survival. It doesn't matter which culture. I, I promote the, 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 the life of culture. Although it transforms over the years, the culture includes of its language. Uh, I'm more into my Garifuna culture because that is who I am, a Garifuna woman. Mm. And, and, and I'm so grateful to God for creating me as this Garifuna person. When I was 14 years old, I was given to the committee. <laughs> what do you, the, the Garifuna Queen's what committee. Do you mean, what do you mean you were given? My father handed me over. <laughs> because I, I didn't have any decision. Oh choice in the decision i was just told uh -huh. you know they go to your parents your parents agree and that's it so they said your dad your dad has agreed that you're going to be one of the queens by for the title of miss hopkins i was 14 and um people always some believe some don't but this is my truth i wasn't into stage and into into um this bravery like no uh -uh. i was like what me, queen, in front of those people, whoo! But my dad was there by my side, and my grandmother, um, the late Marcella Lewis, and she was a poet, an activist, woman activist. She she um, wrote a book, Walagate Marcella, a book of poems in Garifuna. She has been to Canada, United States, Europe, yeah. Now that she's in the spirit world, I, I, I believe she's all over the place now. Right? She doesn't need visa. <laughs> yeah, so that was my first, I would say, real, real introduction into the Garifuna um, language written. What I've noticed with some of our guests who are also from Dangriga, who spent a lot of time in Dangriga, is that they have similar answers when it comes to their childhood. So what was it like for you growing up Garifuna? What was the culture always part of your life? Yes, because growing up, I was privileged to attend Holy Ghost Primary School. That's in um, Dangria. So I started in Holy Family. Holy Family was in Fantuan, so I don't have that immersion memory. But at Holy Ghost, I still believe that for my primary school years, Holy Ghost was the place. Holy Ghost was the cultural hub. Right, academic, cultural activities, those were promoted at Holy Ghost School. So we're all involved. And then in my house, I am blessed that I grew up everywhere. And I'll explain why that and, and how it connects to this question, right? Now, like I said, I grew up in Dangria. So I grew up with my aunt, aunt my father's sister. 
that I started with my with my father's mother, my paternal grandmother, right? My parents separated when I was five. Was I was with them, and then separation, and so the girls were shared. Myself and my youngest sister immediately after me. So I grew up with my with my dad's side of the family most of the time. So when I'm with my dad's side of the family, I was not permitted, and I am grateful. As a youngster, I didn't quite understand. And when I came to Dangui, I wanted to learn Creole because I couldn't talk Creole. Hey, it was a problem. So I wanted to learn. You don't want to learn, so you want to focus on that new language, right? You weren't allowed to speak Creole at home. No way. Not to my aunt. With my cousins, yes. But not to my aunt or my uncle. Creole was a no-no. And automatically now, when I go to Hopkins, it's automatic Garifuna. Right? So in Dangria, there's this mixture. And then um, at home, we attended the girl, we attended the uh, mass for the um, disease. So we were, we were um, a part of that. So we were, I was simulated into that. And then um, here in Dangria, when I heard the, um, the Dugu drums, well, you know, children, we run away to go there, right? Because I don't know why they didn't allow children. Growing older, I didn't understand why. Because we're dealing with good spirits, but they also have bad spirits, right? Good and bad in life. And bad spirit follow children? Um, so because you 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 may not have the the um the spiritual resistance for that As bad a child. Spirit. Ah, yes, okay. right? Uh-huh. So that is why at the Dabuya bar there's a lot of cleansing through the smoking for that purification. Right. Yes, so Growing up, I was introduced to cultural living, I must, I'll use that term, from an early age, and, and I'm glad that, that I did. So, and then when I was 16, then, um, like I said, when I was 14 now, joining the pageant, well, that kind of agagusha, right, ignited, <laughs> awakened this this earning then when i was um 16 i joined national Garifuna council with um wait Pablo did you win Andre. the pageant of course ah! I, I don't know why i'm surprised was, i'm not surprised that was 1982 i was the um youngest queen miss Garifuna. i won miss hopkins and then i won miss Garifuna belize t won and That's then a right. few years later you joined mm-hmm. the ngc national the NGC, and then um just emerged the youth myself. arm or the full organization? I joined the full. Then I lobbied for a youth arm ah, when I was this. Okay. And then eventually um, we joined. The, uh, we had a youth arm. We had and I lobbied for a youth representative on the board. And that um, happened as well. So I've been national secretary. I've been vice president of Dangria branch. And I'm now the president of the Belize, um, Belmopan branch of NGC. And I am running in May. I'm vying for the national president. You So you always knew about Garifuna spirituality. It was a normal part of your life growing up. Yes, I knew about it, but I didn't know about it. If you understand me. Okay. I, I, because as a, as a youngster, you, you're taken along because that's what is done. So you mm-hmm. go. You go to church on Sundays um, around Easter time. From Holy Thursday, you're into it until Easter, Easter, Easter Monday, right? You go through the whole routine. When they have uh, Beluria, 
we got older, we go. When they have a mass for the disease, we go. So we are a part, we've, I've always been a part of that. And you would set food and you would go to the Dago. Yes, and so um, we would uh, offer food. And then um, we are also a, a part of that. And you don't understand, you just follow. Right. Then you get older and then you ask questions and then you start to decipher things. And, mm -hmm. and so now I am so into it and I'm enjoying my learning. Yes, guided learning, I call it. It's a learning process. So your family always believed there was never conflict or tension between like who believed and who didn't believe in your family? In my immediate family, no. Mm. You're very fortunate. Thing, yes, the only um, time I could recall one, one of my, uh, my older brother, I don't know if it, if it wasn't believing or he didn't make sense of it because sometimes you believe something but you don't quite make sense of it, right? And um, I remember when we had the cleansing of my dad's spirit, and that is called Amulya Dahani, right? Amulya Dahani, beating of the dead. That's what the translation you see about. So, but I call it cleansing of the spirit. He said he didn't he didn't understand why you have to do that when you're dead, you're dead, and you know. And they said, well, still do it, do it. He really did. Okay, but I do it, so we did it. When he became an ancestor. Of course, he, he got wanted it twice. one. Mm. He wanted <laughs> one, we gave him, but he wanted it from his children and they didn't come. Because they're there from a mixed um, heritage. And uh, one got sick and had to come to Hopkins now to do the, the, the um, cleansing and she got better. So I told him, I said, well, I feel <laughs> that when you're dead, you're dead now. Move. <laughs> 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 I, I don't have the gift to see them but some people in our culture they're blessed yeah. to do that and, and hear them properly so but I'm sure he laughed <laughs> I've heard from different people that the, the people in life who didn't quite believe or who resisted come back as an ancestor the most demanding mm -hmm, they want true. all of the things when they're an ancestor give me the food give me the bath give me a mass yeah because they, yeah. they see in the other world because they, they, they are not living in a different realm because yeah. the body dies, the spirit lives on. Mm -hmm. And I guess they see their friends on the other side. Yes. <laughs> and so they say, Getting oh, all of the things. Uh -huh, Gimugul. That's right. There's a word, Gimugul. Right? Gimugul. Jealousy. Jealousy. Oh, yeah. Yes. They get envy. Uh, no. no. Um, envy. A maid is jealous. A maid. But um, ah. Gimugul, you, you know, they get envious because mm -hmm. others are getting and they're not getting, but they didn't believe, mm. right? So uh, in terms of uh, the, 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 my spiritual connectivity, I got older and then I tried to understand. Uh -huh. And the more I tried to understand, the more I, I realized that uh, it's a blessing because we are guided. And that's a blessing. That's 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 a blessing beyond blessing if there's something like that. Mm -hmm. We don't embrace it. You know, the one time I saw the bathing of the dead was when we were in Urame and I didn't quite understand it either. I just kind of did it and then went back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> because I knew it was important. I knew that I didn't really have a choice. <laughs> um and I was there to learn, I think. So Yes. 
I can understand his his sentiments, but now we're we're actively seeking out people so that we can learn these things. Yes. I'm like, okay, I understand the significance. I think it's more of a remembrance thing for them. My my understanding is that the same way we're living here, because people is younger used to run when they go with her. People only have I, I gone one time. <laughs> because you mean you will I, run I, away from yes, the person? Yes, I fear from others because that that's a, that's a, that was a learned behavior. But when I got older, and then um, my 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 people passed on, and then um they um uh, others only have, and they were the ones coming to the fear subsided because I said I mean. Why would my own why would my own harm me? Yeah. Right? And then I noticed so that even when in the Dabweba, somebody on hand, some people still like to dodge and it's back of the behind you, they still on hand. And they pass you <laughs> and the back back, back the hand. So no matter where you are, they find you because they are spirits. Good spirits. You know? I think some people are afraid of what they might hear. Yeah. <laughs> like they know they do something wrong. And I have to come to tell them yes. about it. And they're like... Because some of them are open parquet. <laughs> open parquet. <laughs> <laughs> Let me run away. Yes. You know you did wrong and your ancestor come true? Ooh. Them, them, I would say the mouth not got no license. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's happened to me. Listen, I learned. Chastised, but you know what? It's done out of love. What's that? When the when the ancestors come and they tell you what you don't want to hear, it's it's always out of love. Yes, you know where it's like, my child, this is not good for you. Don't do this. That's right. Stay away from this person. I know you love him, but hey, because they see further. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, they, they, like I I question my grandfather when he um would come to. I start to question, right? And then um he said we come like we come like angels, neighbor, my granddaughter. He said we are your angels. There are certain things we see happening to you. We can um we can take it away before it hits you. There are certain things we cannot, but we can give you the we can stand by you to strengthen you so you can go through that experience. So there are certain experiences we have to go through, right? And um, if if you are a reflective person, whatever experience you go through, you sit and you think about it, really analyze, be in that moment with that experience, you realize that you, you, you learn a lot from it and you grow as well, right? And that that has taken me through to, um, to have a deeper understanding of who I am and, and what I'm being told and how better to contribute to my race and my community, you know? And I can, I can recall when I was doing my doctoral program, man, I had to get up early and cook, make sure food is home before we go to work. So when um, my children come from school, they have food, they have everything set, so I will worry about that, deal with that. Yes, I remember I would get up and oversleep. In my mind, once after six, that is oversleep. And then, because they have to be at work for eight. So by the time we do all, uh-huh. 
And um, I even put my workout on pause as I was stay up late and study. And then I get up. Oh, I get up. I don't even pray. Pray, pray not even cross my mind. I get up and I say, okay, I need to get in the kitchen. I need to get that. And if I didn't iron the night before, well, iron. So all this, all this thing that I just popping in my head. Then I have to make sure I, I leave um, lunch money and everything. Everything has to be in place. Uh -huh. I remember once my grandmother I went to my um, by my prayer leader. As I got there, she transformed. Bam! My grandmother, Marcella Louis, same grandmother. I told her wrote a book and was into all that I mentioned. She's a Garifuna icon, people. Yes. <laughs> she said, Never tell my granddaughter, you are not praying. I was like, what? No, I can't argue, but it blew my mind because in my head, I'm the only one in my room. We have three bedrooms. One for me, one for my son, one for my daughter. That's it. <laughs> so I get up with my, I'm the only one in my room, according to me. Yeah. Said so you're not praying. So you get up and then she give me a litany of all that I would do. And yeah. then she's right because then um, sometimes I, when I'm driving, then it hit me. I say, ah, oh, I haven't prayed, Earl. When I get to my office, I said, hey, I forget to pray. They will just rattle something. Mm -hmm. Just thank God. I just rattle something. And then <laughs> she, she told me about it. She said, then when you do remember, you just say something. She said, that is not prayer. She said, don't forget. <laughs> she said, don't forget. You have to cover yourself in prayers. Mm -hmm. And that is one thing that people must understand about our spirituality. Someone to say, oh, it's evil. There's nothing that starts and ends without prayers. And we have one true God. That's the God that the others have so many religious beliefs about. I can't even count the number of religions in the palm of my hand. Even if I put my feet to it, even if I lay down and let them drop on me, <laughs> my body will not be enough. There's so many because everybody has his or her own interpretation. Mm -hmm. Then they convince others for that interpretation. I have learned that my Garifuna spirituality is just a different mode of finding my God, the same God that the Catholics, the Anglican, the whatsoever is telling me about to believe in. That's the same God that my ancestors have ensured that I pray to and believe in that same God. Mm. So for them to be condemning and not understanding, that's where the problem is. Right? Because I have learned that I will I should not condemn what I don't understand. I may mm. not believe, I may not participate, but I won't condemn. My thing, I will get to know more about it. And that's why I say, oh, you're all over the place. I'm all over the place. I am, I mean, I say anything with my two bright eyes and this brain is alert, <laughs> trying to soak in the information, right? Mm -hmm. Because that is the way we grow. And if we get into something and don't question it, then there's no learning either. That's true. Because you should be able to question what you do not fully understand. And if, they, if you ask somebody and they don't know, there's somebody who will know eventually, right? So don't, like I said, I'm not ashamed of my game. I want to ask you for help. You tell me yes or no. You tell me yes, we carry on. You tell me no, well, next person. 
Life goes on. Hello. When Kylie and I first met you, it was in Trinidad. We were we were living in Trinidad at the time. You came for the First Peoples Conference, which is a week of festivities organized by the indigenous people in Trinidad. For those who don't know, there are indigenous people in Trinidad. Technically, they're the cousins of the Garifuna people. People, yes. Um, listen to our history episode uh, to hear more about that. Um, so in Trinidad, they have this conference every October for their First Peoples Week, and they invite indigenous people from Guyana, Suriname, Dominica, St. Vincent, Belize. And that's when we met you. And so we got to know you as like a culture person because you play, you play drums, you sing, you teach about culture. So would you call yourself a Garifuna activist? Like you touched on it earlier. How did you become so passionate about the Garifuna cause? And how did you end up in Trinidad for that conference? You came for a couple of years. I, I got more involved in terms of the activism, in terms of participation. I've always participated at Holy Ghost. I was lead for a dance group. I got out at high school, the same thing. I was in dance groups and like that, just to me, because I was asked to. But I got involved in terms of the the activism, because my grandmother mandated me to. When she got in age, and um, I guess she was monitoring her grandchildren, she came and she gave me all her documents, her certificates, I still have them. Um, she said, Nibari, and then we should go, Barihi, Said my grandmother, I'm handing these things over to you. It is your task now to ensure that Garifuna survives. I was like, what can't they? No, yeah, me, hey. So <laughs> I said, Grandma, I don't have your patience. I don't have your intelligence. So I don't think that I can do that. She said, yes, of course you can, and you will. She said, you lean on that man up there, and that's God. And I, I was like, wow, I said, that's a tall order. And so that journey began in a subtle way, and, and as I got older, I got more involved in different aspects. And, and unknowing to me, people just naturally come to me. I found out that I, I, I become a resource person. And I was like, wow. Then it hit me. I said, why people come to me? Because mm-hmm. you know people. Uh-huh. And, and, then, thing. and then when I realized, I said, people come to me. I said, no, I can't feel myself. I can't feel my grandma. I can't feel those who come to me. So I have to learn more. Right? So I can empower others, empower myself, so I can empower others. So hopefully the knowledge will pass on to others. And, and, that's, so, and, that, and that's the way it got. Then in terms of reaching, reaching um, Trinidad, Miss, Miss Kaya, Miss, uh, Mrs. Phyllis Cayetano, she's one who um, recommended that I go on the trip. She has always been um, representing Belize there. And um, so that's how I got there. And from the time I got there, I've been invited. So I've 
presented paper at um, the university. I've done a workshop for these um, students. I've been in as part of panel. I've been a part of the entertainment there in terms of singing and dancing and playing drums. So yeah, I remember and, um, you're good. Yeah, and that's and that experience as well has just opened my eyes. I was like, what? When I saw my full, full-blooded, I would use Arawak ancestry, full-blooded Caribbean ancestry. Then I saw my Kalinago ancestry. I was like, and and I was amazed yeah. at our similarity in culture. I, but you know, the first time I went, I said, "Hi, I want to take this. I want to take that one." When I got there, I saw I saw the Rugoma there. I, I mm-hmm. actually bad bad Rugoma from there. The little miniature ones. <laughs> what? And I and, and I saw all of our implements there, and then how the big cassava like us, everything like us. I was like, wow. Then I, then I was um, blessed first to live in in the in the um in the oh, communal the, space. Oh, right. Yes. That was sharing a space with I, the other indigenous people. Yeah, I wasn't, I, I, I wasn't used to. Um, that kind of living, right? I think I, I think I must outgrow it because I I grew up sleeping with my with my cousin, this is my my cousin sister, and um, with a large family, but not like that, like so many people in one room, and then like all this. Co- but the, it was so natural to them, and the more I got to know them, the more I I realized that they were communal. Mm. Right? For us, we we um we gather. You come from this house, you come from that house, you come from that house, you come from that, and then you gather. So you're used to that. Then you go home. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. And so, but being there, it was a blessing. Being in that space. I, I learned so much. And I would sit with them and then I said, how do you say that in, in, in um, the Caribbean? How do you say that in the Arab? Then they would tell me, and then I started to write the similarities. Yeah, this is what I was going to ask you. Did you notice similarities in the language? Yes, my heart was hurting because I couldn't find my book, but I finally found my book. There's one word I need to find. Yes, every year I go and take that. <laughs> I misplace it, but I found it. And then, so like, like, like day, right? And sun, the, the word for sun, wave. We say wave, right? And then, like, um, then I also look at some of the words that are similar. We say dun, they say tun. Mm-hmm. And then um, one, I think the Carib, they say um, from the the male word, the the the, the word for male in Garifuna for the man voice, the, the male voice is Wuguri, and they say Wuku, and then mm-hmm. um, for Wuri, I heard them say Wu. So I was mm-hmm. like, man, for people to doubt. Our mixture. Hey, something wrong with them, man. Yeah. I look forward to um to um to going to the activities because then every year I learn and then the yeah. dances. I told them that because they have a dance that they do the hand and they do the hand, they come down then like that dancing. And I said, you are dancing it in Belize. We have a Rumahani and a Baymahani. The male and female Jeshua dance. We don't move, but we move our hand, um, hands in, you know, the gesture. 
Oh, the similarities. Yeah. It's another variation. Now, when you go to Labuga, mm -hmm. Labuga does like them, but in a slow pace. Mm -hmm. They move. They go in a circular motion and they move slowly. For us, we stand still. Mm. So it's amazing. I mean, cultures are wonderful. You know, I get hyped. Yeah. <laughs> In 2017, our mother, well, by our I means definitely, obviously, <laughs> our mother spearheaded a spiritual pilgrimage to St. Vincent, Urame, our homeland of Garifuna people, and for us to carry out rituals to heal the spirits of those who did not survive the war against the British in the lead up to our exile in 1797. We also did a healing ritual on Baliso, which was the island where the British attempted the genocide of the Garifuna. Quick history for our listeners who did not listen to our history episode, please do. When the Garifuna started losing the war against the British between 1796 and 1797, the British rounded us up and sent us to Baliso, which is a barren island. It's still mm -hmm. barren. Nothing grows banished. there. There's no fresh water. Yeah, we were banished. And so of the roughly 4,000 people that were put on the island, only about 2,000 survived. These are very rough numbers, of course. So only 2,000 of us survived before being exiled to Honduras. So during this pilgrimage, we went and we did a healing ritual for the people who didn't survive and the souls. And and Gwen, you had a key role during this experience. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> <laughs> can we talk about it sure because <laughs> when That's... kylie and i talk about it we're like gwen wasn't listening to the ahari the ahari <laughs> was telling her to do something 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 and she just wasn't we had an outside very outside perspective mm -hmm. we, didn't, we didn't know what was happening with you but in the pre-interview you told me and i thought wow this needs to be aired yes so hi that trip <laughs> That trip, was that trip is a whole book, a whole separate conversation. Yes. It's a whole episode. Yes. Actually, <laughs> yeah. I have to finish my, I call it my memoirs. I have to finish them, my memoirs, man, because that trip, like, it took me and just flipped me over. Right? <laughs> I feel that. In my I feel that. <laughs> yeah. That trip flipped me over because... That trip made me realize that all that I have been doing and going through is not really of me. When we got there, um, in fact, before we left, I, I had um, everything set where I'm going to live and uh, I was going to be with our president and everything. And um, Oh, you weren't supposed to stay with us? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was ne I was never on their list. <laughs> I mom said they're gonna get a house, and so I said, okay, there'll, there'll be too many people in that house. So I just stay in Sandra, and then we just link up when we have to link up at the activities. I had everything figured out, girl. Right, because the background the background of this that we're you know for the people who who weren't there, um, the organizers of this pilgrimage ended up all staying at the same apartment and it was like 10 people in a very small was apartment it? it was a including lot including us it was including us it was like 10 it was a lot of us yes mm -hmm. 
And half of the people in that apartment were not originally intended to stay over. Yeah. But it's because we were all together that the Ahari could come and mm-hmm. delegate tasks. Yeah. Anyway, that's, that's the background. Yes. Gwen was not supposed to stay with us. No, but no, she no, 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 no intention at all. No <laughs> intent was never there. So we got there. <laughs> Hell and behold, I couldn't stay where I was to stay. I was like, what the, what happened? So anyway, apologies and so well, you know your mom, your your mom is the go-to, so <laughs> your mom is Mother yeah. Teresa, right? <laughs> I told her, oh, something like that. Yeah, this is this is all right. Who <laughs> are you stay with us? I was like, okay. I ended up there, but <laughs> like I was told by the ancestor who controlled that trip, they they closed that door. So I could have been in that space because that is where I belong. <laughs> I was like, what? Say this, eh, 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 Batu. Mom, my able to tell you, but you want to go. She wasn't going to stay here, but you brought her here. That's what he said. I was like, mm. but I do not regret being in that space. It was magical. That was a manifestation of what can be done when you have like minded people. And people who have been purposely put together to execute something. I won't if I go back, I won't do it differently. Although it was not my intention. Right? I was glad I was in that space with you guys and all my sisters, you know, a sisterhood that one builds. That's that's my new family. A new family emerged. Although we knew each other individually, but we've got to really it's a different thing when you're when you're you know spending six days together and then every night messages would come and we yes. have to figure and out then, <laughs> and um I was given the task to be an early riser so because the Ari would wake me up before day and he would speak to me. Right? And most of the things that like he would see I, I see it eventually just coming to light. And one task I was given that I first was resisting was being the head Sisera person for the Mali at Baliso. Because when the head person who was to come, to come was the, the Bouye, the man knew his stuff. He couldn't come. And then there, and we're wondering now who will take the lead in terms of that. And Gramp said, Amur. So I looked around and I said, I don't know who he's talking about. Let me see who. He said, Amur, you. I was like, what? That had me tripping for a while, for days. Because I have not um, played the Sisera in a Mali. I've attended many Mali. Not good to be the never, and so I was like, no. I said, so I said, you know, I suggested somebody else. He said, no, you. Well, I tell you for this, I was psycho. I start to think about all the Mali I ever attended. What happened? Because this is the most sacred part of our healing. I don't want to mess that up. So 
I was being given a task in my mind that I, I know nothing of in the capacity of um, where I was being placed. Anyway, the Thursday, I think it was, in the morning, Sharon, Sharon is the person who was the um, medium, the instrument. Sharon asked me, she said, because only Sharon and I were in that space. I was in the kitchen space. She was in the hall, living room. And then she said, um, who be Sarah to you? I said, well, Sarah said, I know nothing, but in Dangria, I live on her street. I live on Sarah Ganga street. <laughs> That's what I told her. She said, well, she's there by you. I was like, what? But I built the time I did because I don't have the gift of seeing or hearing them directly like that. And then um, that's finished. So the before day, Gramps again, in our usual discussion, he was asking me, he said, why are you resisting us? I said, no, Gramps, it's not, not that I'm resisting. I said, I, I was afraid because I've never done that before. And it's something sacred. I can't, I don't want to play around with it. And then he told me, do you think that we would give you a task? Now, this is Ali Gai from that conversation, right? Mm -hmm. Do you think, hey, Tabote Busa, we should believe a Dasi Bo, a Maramutu Abugob. So do you think we would give you a task and not stand by you? And then um, he said, that is why we brought, um, Sarah. Then I thought about the question that Sharon had asked me earlier in the day. I was like, wow. And I tell you, I got up, so I, I asked him for an excuse. I need to use the restroom. I got into the restroom, and this loud, loudness in my head, this loud voice, voice said, Lean not on your own understanding. That's the message I got. Lean not on your own understanding. I was like, what? Like, I look around and say, because I'm the only one in this restroom. <laughs> so I got out, and we went back, and the discussion um, continued. But I looked at it, and I thought of it. I said, you know, my Western education has taught me that everything must follow a pattern, a structure, right? That will follow due process. In the due process, A happens, then B, then C, then B, then uh -huh. But I realized then, after that experience, that the Garifuna spirituality and your involvement has nothing to do with a structure that you may understand. Right. It has nothing to do with that. Because my understanding of all that happened, I would never get involved because in, in that capacity, I went because, you know, I want to go. But to be in, in, in that space and all that involvement, I wouldn't have because in 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 cultural stuff that i've seen that's not my role right right that's not my you're role not a, you're not a buye you're not an ebu yes, not, not an igemeri, you know nothing like that and then when he said so he told me that then we went to i don't remember the name of the village 
we got there and then he said, um, how about Cicero? <laughs> I said, Cicero? He said, Cicero, Aaron got no boom. He said, where is the Cicera? I said, Cicera? He said, yes. I've told that you must have the Cicera. I said, I thought it was only for Balisol, Rams. He said, you need the Cicera. Wherever we go, you make sure that you have that Cicera. Well, I got out of the um the auditorium that we were, and I went after um, Juni Lynn. I said, Juni, I said, um, where is Cicera? She said, it's, it, it's in the... um." Van, I say you need to get it. Hi. <laughs> so Julie went for it and then she uh, brought it and then said, aha. Uh-huh. That's what they told me. He was happy. It's when we were in Greg's, when we formed oh, a circle okay. and we were. Uh-huh. Yes, yes. Yes, because I felt strange during that singing. I felt yes. like I was going to leave my body. Then, then when I it, felt okay for a while. And that was a like... powerful experience because he. Graham said something that I've taken and adapted in my life. I know that in the church, the Catholic church that I'm, that I'm a member of, the least I still um, ask for forgiveness if you come and take the body of Christ so you have a pure heart while you're taking the, uh-huh. And when we were at Greg's, when Graham said, Hulk, this journey is to heal. We're opening pathways and we're coming to heal, begin a healing. Mm-hmm. How can you heal if you are not healed, if you're unforgiving? If your heart is heavy. He said, so if there's anybody in this room, he said, pray for each other. Remember when we prayed for each other, right? And he said, and if there's anybody, anybody in this room who you have not, um, who you don't like or speak to, go and ask for forgiveness. He said, that is why you see everybody start to go around. People and started crying. Yes. I was like, wow. That, that, that was deep. Yeah. And, and, and and I, and I think about it in my own life as well. How can you be bitter and unbitter somebody else? Can't. The spirits won't connect. But even if when, when you are worried and heavy laden about something like, you, you can't, you find yourself not thinking things through properly. You, you do um, simple errors that you would normally do when you are at peace, right? right. In your life. Even if we're going to take an exam, if you're all flustered before this exam and and and, and um, you want to remember, you can't. But when you calm yourself, you remember, oh, I'm able to apply this concept here. Uh, oh, this is this is the answer. This is what, um, if right? In, in that piece. So I think that, that, that the same learn, learning that I got from that day. And it was amazing. <laughs> then everywhere we go now, I had to be this Cicera person, right? Person. So we don't notice everywhere I go, and, and, and I must thank um, Andrea. Because Sister Andrea, uh-huh, you have the Cicera. So then I, I'm out of the, going out, that my mind, that, not even on the Cicera. <laughs> well, Andrea, make sure that, <laughs> that I have the Cicera, right? And then. Two, 
I think two profound experiences I had in the whole journey with the CCR. Because everywhere we go, yes, I played it, but when we were at Baliso and when we were on the um, monument, Chateauier Monument. Dorsetshire Hill. Yes. In St. Vincent. When we were on that hill, I, Namuleno, we got there, I said, good, we set. <laughs> when I see, okay, we just do a little thing. When I see what? Josh circling, I said, uh-uh. Josh the drummer. Josh the drummer. Yeah. And I stood there on the on the southern portion at first. That's where we started. And I was playing this Tisira. And every time I was playing this Tisira, I, I start to realize like I am hearing, I am conscious of what I'm doing, but I have no control over my hands and this Tisira. And every time I do that, play this Tisira, that's what happens to me. I have no control over it, but I'm aware that I am I am playing, but I have no control. And um, first it was stressful because I'm a control freak with certain things, right? So <laughs> I, I plan, I say, ah, this is what will happen, everything in my head set. If it's not set, I am, I am discombobulated. Like what some people say. <laughs> well, you also naturally want to be in control of your body. Yes. Yeah. So I am there and I tell you this sadness. I started to get overwhelmed with this with this sadness about irony. And I said, no, 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 no. I'm telling myself, you know, you know, you know. I need to finish this. So I'm fighting it. So I am concentrating on playing this Sisera and I'm fighting this this sad emotion. Right? And every time I want to move now, I cannot move. Then eventually, I was allowed to move. Now that I can think about it, I was allowed to move. And then um, I saw this huge rainbow. Huge rainbow in the eastern um, um, side. So I find myself, I stood there and, and looking up towards the rainbow, that angle, and the Cicera going. Then Suddenly, then I wanted to move, can't move. Then I moved again <laughs> on the on the uh, closer to the monument on the eastern side, and so we did the four corners and came back to the southern end. And when it was finished, the drum stopped, but my hands could not stop with the Cicera. Mm. And that's when I just I broke down and cried because of this sadness. This the, the sadness became so overwhelming that I couldn't fight it anymore. So and Andrea and Josh came and they became my comfort at that time. And eventually the CCR just relaxed itself. <laughs> my hand. And every time I go after it, I have to be feeling my hand since they still my hand. You know what I mean? Hey! And um during that time, then I heard him say, Oh, double rainbow, but I wasn't privileged to see that double rainbow. I was trying to get a go of myself. <laughs> so, and um, I saw it in pictures, but I didn't see it. And there too, an amazing, before we started, before that huge 
rainbow on the east on the northeastern um, view from where we were this translucent rainbow showed up you could so see next rainbow. Rainbow. Huh? another rainbow another rainbow before the big rainbow this little rainbow and it was um you see like fluorescent light mm-hmm. like that that's the color colors fluorescent but yet um you you could um see through it right among the trees and it just faded into the trees i sat at my eyes i took a picture i said wow i've never seen a rainbow like that not before then not after i was like what when the historian was there trying to explain to us that they believe this is where chateau was um, killed and what sharon told me after told us after she said while she was there, we were talking about this rainbow right she said i asked show me a sign to know where you were no i don't remember if it was killed or buried mm. said, and then that little rainbow showed up there yeah wow. yeah that rainbow showed up there she said after she asked that question that was their so it's not where they, they have gotten further down from us that was like wow hey and that spot is either where he was killed or buried buried i'll have to ask shara again what question she asked it must have been that, buried. That rainbow showed up there because it was there for a brief moment mm-hmm. before that big huge one that stayed there for a long time hey <laughs> You were like, wow. Because yeah, the story is that Chatillier was meeting with the British for a peace something. And yeah, he, he was ambushed. He, he, was, uh, he was ambushed. Some of the history books we are taught that all he went into a sword fight and nothing like that. He was ambushed because that was a great warrior. I don't think that British, knowing more about him now, that British would never have won that sword fight. Not with a skillful man like Baba Chateauye. Hell no! Nah. The man was still good. Hello. Give him his credit. So I, I left. I left from Yurume with a deeper understanding of my purpose. And that experience connected to Trinidad. Mm. In Trinidad, um, the ancestor told us that we, are, we, we didn't just show up in Trinidad. We were purposely taken to Trinidad. Mm. At all my years, I know about the going, but I didn't know much about what happened and stuff like that. And then I ended up there and all the, the works that I had to do when I, when I got there. And again, that communal space, you guys come, we go to your house, and we do what we have to do. We, we go, we come, we cook, set food, eat together, you know? 
all that learning and, and then the ancestors come and, and that, that's drop right. some knowledge that's right all that, mm-hmm. all that learning so yeah. that connected um that finally connected to Yurume. then you know i was so blessed that same year that i went to bali so later on in that year 2017, I went to Rubada, Rotan, Honduras, for a youth conference. Yes! I was like, wow, my life is complete. <laughs> when I was there, I said, like, what? He said, yes! I said, wow! So when I got, I, I, I tell you, hi, the excitement when I got to Rubada. So we were we were at a resort. That's where the, the conference was held, and then they took us to the Garifuna community. Yeah. I was like, man, I went into the water, played the water, touched the sand. I I I I I was so excited. I said because in one year, I went from where we were banished mm-hmm. to where we landed, and I am a descendant of those who carried on. Awesome. Yeah. So our living, our life has to be lived purposefully. Yeah. So that experience um, um, reinforced my belief that I must be a purposeful liver. Right? So I don't just live in the garden. There's a word that like you're, you're just there, just existing. No, you can't that you can't live like that. Success doesn't come your way. Growth doesn't come your way. For you to be successful in this world, you have to grow. You have to go through the pains, through the challenges, through the victories. You have to grow. You know how when a family has a dogo, sometimes, or is it all the time, that one of the family members is chosen to be the bouye for that dogo and only in that capacity during the oh. dogo. But after the dogo is done, they're not the bouye anymore. They don't have those gifts. Yes, but, uh-huh. Could it be that your calling while we were in Yurume in 2017 was a similar situation where it was only in that capacity, in that space that you had to You were the stand-in bouye. You were the stand-in Cicera person. Correct. I was a temporary, <laughs> I don't know if temporary, but... Not temporary, way, but just like that similar... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then, um, for families, I was explained, I was um, told by Baba Jan, Jan, Buye Jan, Mariano. He was the one who explained to me that there's some um, Buye that are temporary and some permanent. Do Barasegu, right? So you can identify in different communities that it doesn't matter who. People can go to that person. That person can be there. But there, in, there are some cases where the Ahari will choose a family member. So any message, any whatever they need to deal with, that person is the person that brings the message across. Right? And... When that Barasago finishes, that person have, um, has played his or her role, and that's it. Outside of that, there are many people chosen for different responsibilities. 
for me, I, I notice that I'm not learning to decipher because, like I said, I, I don't hear them and um, like how you and I are speaking. But in my head, in my head, the messages, the thoughts come. And it'll be constant and heavy. Then I say, oh, okay, this is something I need to do. And um, sometimes after I do my prayers, thoughts come or sometimes I see things plain. Occasionally I would see things and I would like, wow. Then I would act on it. If it's something negative, I've learned I must pray over it or pray mm -hmm. for that person. And um, if it's cleansing and okay, maybe I can ask this owner player, this person who I know has been gifted with with the um gifted with healing. So they know to get medication um, in terms of herbs or whatever then I would uh -huh. so I've learned to do that and not just keep the information because that gets them very angry they've told me about that over and over they tell me things they show me things and I don't act but I don't I, but I was not in that um, realization that that's something that I need to do so whatever comes to me now I just go and I act on it so I just wonder, I wonder if it's only my thought or because hey, they, they, they tell you things and you don't do it. I said, but really? But I don't know. So then I then I said, how do I decide from my thoughts? From, from yeah, but then no, I've learned that whatever that is outside of my normal, I said, okay, I wouldn't really would, would have thought of that. So that has come to me and then so I, uh, I act on it. Do you think that happens That's to everybody? It happens to me sometimes, depending. It's very I'm not but I'm not sure you know because um no. I won't say I'm not sure. Everybody has thoughts. But in terms of the um guided thoughts in the message no because they the um they only select. Every family they, they select who they're gonna work with. You have to be a prayerful person as well. But some people they're they're um, chosen they for deeper work, you know, and they they resist. So that's where the ancestors will get angry with them. <laughs> and teach them a listener too. <laughs> so you have messengers for the family. Let's yes. say, and then messengers mm -hmm. for like the community, mm -hmm. like for everybody. That's a whole other conversation. You recently opened an online language school. Yes. At the time of recording, you have your second cohort going on. I know the answer to this question, but why is it important that we learn our language, and how is it important in our spirituality? Languages are powerful medium of communication, right? So the conquerors want us to, wanted us to learn their language because that was their way of controlling because they don't understand what they're talking so they don't feel comfortable around you. So they ensured that you had this assimilation into their, into their language although they don't want to see you as them. But in terms of the language, they want you to sound like them for their own gain. But languages are 
powerful medium of communication. So for us, believing and having this connection with our ancestors who speak their language, this is our ancestral language, Gaifuna is our ancestral language. Um, they speak in that tongue. Messages come in their um, comfort language. So it's important to learn it so you can have this rich dialogue with them. The Gaifuna language for years has been oral. So things are passed on to songs, messages are passed on to songs, history passed on um, to songs, mm -hmm. songs were therapy and continue to be therapy. Because even if you're feeling down and start to you hear a song, it uplifts you. You'll find yourself singing, you'll get all right. Um, and then so there are messages. And then our rituals, the whatever is done and communicated, it, it, it's in that ancestral language, right? So it's important. And for you to be able as well to express what you have been taught, it's important to understand the language and have the context of the conversation. Because I remember there was um, there was a researcher who came to Belize. I remember lady, she lived in Hopkins for a uh, long while. I think she passed away here in Hopkins. She came back and lived in Belize. Um, I remember Canon Valentine telling us that she interviewed him and then um, about the Dabuyaba being at the beach because most Dabuyaba used to be at the beach, right? We, um, Sarah's Dabuyaba is more inland, inland in Dangria, but most you'll find by the beach. Growing up in Hopkins, by the beach. And so they were trying to put that context explained to her, but her understanding of it differed. So when she went to explain it, it was different from the context hmm. of the ex explainance, right? <laughs> My word. So when you learn a language, you learn the history, and then when you hear conversation, you're able to put it in context because you have that reference point. And it also helps you. Language can be a lifesaver. I have heard friends in America say, oh, thank God you talk Garifuna. Your dad's immigration because <laughs> <laughs> you can send messages that, you know. So but language um powerful because it brings meaning to a community as well. And it also helps you to understand history and it helps you to share the experience of that person sharing for example it feels good when you're dancing you're dancing a, a paranda song and you're dancing a, a, a punta or hugugu and you're hearing the lyrics yes some people they are singing along but they have no understanding of it but it is sweeter when you're singing, because then, then you realize, oh, there's a story in this song. Mm. It is somebody's story. Right? But it's so festive. And the irony of our music is that sometimes you have festive beat, but it's sad lyrics. Yeah. Right? When you hear the lyrics, whoo, you don't even want to dance. 
which is a man, somebody went through that, but you're not focused on the sadness, you're focused on the rhythm, right? And then, um, as well, two songs, Karina go use a lot of metaphor and personification, right? Because they say, if you're not calling name, you can't go to court. Can never call your name. <laughs> this is what they call, who fit the cap, wear it. Your name is not called, but you know that this person is saying about you. <laughs> um, and it's also um, therapeutic to the, to the singer. Because that's their way of taking out whatever pains and joys they have. And to the one who understands, they lessons to learn. So they listen to learn from these songs. For example, um, my dad had died and he left message to leave stuff with my uncle and then he was my uncle was a person to myself and my brother. So after my uncle died, my dad died, we had the Beluria and everything. So my uncle told us. So we went to get the stuff from where he was living to the original house. Well, my other uncle, who wasn't my um, fan, he came and said, well, you're going to take us to, 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 to um, he was going to report us to the police. And Hopkins wasn't like it, how it is now, to a dusty road and um, hardly any trucks. Right. Only few people, when you hear our truck, you know, oh, this and this person, hardly any trucks in Hopkins. It wasn't paved road like now, Tado. Right. And um, on a Sunday, we'd have to walk out of the village, get to the junction, and try to find a ride. It's a dang So the was Saturday, and then my brother and I, God bless the day, he has passed on to. We were walking along with one of my cousins to the roadside to get a ride to come into Dangria. Well, now my uncle... I'm putting this song in perspective. Now my uncle, they used to tease him Turtle Express. The one who also um, provide transportation have been slow, 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 slow. You better not get emergency because you can ride it. Eh? No, he don't. He, he have a cruising at five, that was him. <laughs> but that day, mama, my little sisters, that day, he came by us full speed with all the dust behind her. Now he had a justice of the peace. Two of them passed on now to God bless the dead. <laughs> Out of this story, three people have died. No, four. Five. Five out of this story. So, oh the uncle gave us the message he has passed on. Now, the driver, that uncle, he has died. His JP has died as well. And the brother, who I went with, he, he um, also so he got there and then he said, look at you guys. Huh? I was going to the police station to get you arrested for um for, for stealing. He said, because you went into my mom's house, no long my grandmother died years ago. He said, you went into my mother's house and you stole um her, her stuff and I want them back. My brother looked at me. He said, you know what? Get in the truck and go back and give it to him. So my brother and my cousin continued walking and he 
took me back. No, I was about to explode. My pressure was at thousand over thousand. So, <laughs> so I got there. So, and then he was driving fast. So I got to the house. My aunt, my my father's um, sister, one of my father's sisters, she was there, and my mom was there and some other people. So, no. Look at it from my brother and I leaving home together. My uncle, slow driver. When we came back, I was crying. I was so upset. My brother was not with me. I was alone and with these two people. And my uncle was driving fast outside of his element. First thing, when I got out of the truck, my um my mom and aunt said, What's wrong? Right? Because no data, something had happened to my brother. Because I'm crying. My uncle is here along with his friend, JP friend, and then um I am alone. So I told him, um, he is still on the way, but my uncle came and he wanted the stuff that you brought. Well, they blessed him well. And my mom said, Take back everything that you brought from, from that house. Take it back. So we took them back. My mom said, those are material stuff. We won't lose people over them. But those stuff were left for us by uh, my, my, my father. Mm -hmm. Right? And he was the one who um, was living there. Well, my mom sings a lot of songs. She composed a lot of songs. So she composed a song about that experience, right? So um, in our house, we call it Niyawadna. It's about me, a song about Gwen, experience. But um, my name, you I sing the song. You won't hear any names. You'll hear um, Sudara. Sudara means um, soldiers. So those two soldiers are my uncle, my father, my father's brother, and his JP, <laughs> who's that's my relative of us. So, Sudara, right? So, those are the two <laughs> soldiers. No name, but soldiers. Um, Lugunenemua, the um, land of the earth, a vehicle of the earth. So, that's it. That's a truck. You hear that? Since you say, um, Namuleloa. Namuleloa. Literally means my younger sister, mm -hmm. but it's also used affectionately, right? So you hear um, mothers call her Namuleloa, right? Her call a relative, huh? You also use affectionately, so you hear that. And agaraha means that um, agaraha means spin, right? So the song goes like this. Agar hayaro, aluhu nene mua, abasi hayaro, aluhu nene mua. Agar hayaro, aluhu nene mua, abusudaro, tabo anamulelu, kasa megebe, lienalugdunu, kasa megebe, lienalugdunu. 
Tolorogo Tagoria Anamuliloa Aresiwaya di Bulubei Begialaga Mayawa Batia Hayara Eh Magiusha Batia Namulelua Mayawa Batia Namulelua Bederegeha Bua Bureme Bederegeha Oh, the same experience that the 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 truck is now um passing around with her daughter uh with two soldiers um so um she watched her daughter crying and asked what's wrong and um she said what's wrong why have you been arrested for legacy and she said, but don't cry. Mayahua batia, hanyara, eh, magiusha batia, namulelu, say, don't cry. Hanyara is also another um word used affectionately. Magiusha, mm-hmm. but don't suck your teeth. Who says suck your teeth in English, girl? Yeah? Kiss your teeth. Word, kiss your teeth. Right? I, don't know. I think it's kiss your teeth. Yeah. <laughs> that sound. That, that sound. <laughs> In Trinidad, it's called strips. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if there's oh. a proper English word for it, you know. In a girl's name, Agusha. It's a Magusha, so do, do not do that. Hayarali say, um, Bederegeha, Lua Bureme, give it up to our God. Don't cry, don't suck your teeth. Give it up to our God. Right? Go for message. To Sam. No. If that was not translated to you and you don't understand the language, then you don't you don't get that message. Right. So that's why it's important that you learn a language so that you also understand the written. Because now it's written and there are many beautiful songs. Right? You'll be able to read the lyrics and also understand. So do we have to speak Garifuna in order to hear from our ancestors? Um, in terms of receiving messages. In terms of receiving messages, for some strange reasons, I have um, seen where those who don't understand Gaifuna get messages and they understand the message. Mm. Yeah. Well. Jeez. I've I've heard people um, talk, and then some of them. They are able as well to memorize what was told so they can go and ask what that means. This is what um, grandma or grandpa said, what that means. Wow. So I've mm-hmm. also heard about that experience. Amazing. Yes. <laughs> like, but I've learned lean not on my own understanding. Mm-hmm. Many of our ancestors spoke Spanish, English, French. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, and then you see, and then you hear also too, in um, um, in partnership with that question, in relation to that question, you also have people who don't ever speak Gaifuna, some of the youngsters, and they don't speak Gaifuna, but when the ancestor borrows their body, they speak Gaifuna. <laughs> hey. mm. I like how you said borrowed their body. <laughs> yes, so of course. They are not the ones speaking. The ancestor yes, is just yes, yes, it's not them. Using the, yeah. Oh, I have. Mm-hmm. Amazing. It's awesome. 
What advice would you give to people who are at the beginning of their journey with Garifuna spirituality or they're struggling with it? What advice would you give them to people young and old? Okay, young and old. Like, I don't believe in this. What is happening? I must be crazy. Yes. But Jesus doesn't say Yes. You know, those kind of people. But before I answer that, this, I told a church person one day, I said, if God sent Jesus on this earth to show us what we will be like in life and in death. Then I know that my ancestors are living spiritual beings. Have a life as if they were on this earth. Because Jesus this awesome, powerful person came to earth in flesh. He is now a spiritual being. We cannot see him, but we know, we feel his presence and everything. Our spirits won't be as powerful as, as um, God and Jesus. Never. But we will have impact as well and we will live in that spiritual realm right so no make the hotel when no day to day that no work mm -hmm. that no work and one advice my grandmother told me what you do on this earth if you don't ask for forgiveness you, you are continue to pay for it in the other world yes they pay. so that's why people need a lot of prayers that's why that's why they, they, they pray. Even the non-garnable. They have memorial masses, right? 9-11, mm -hmm. sadly. The churches were packed. They're praying for the souls of those who died. And they were also praying for themselves, the living, for healing. Right? So for those who are going through this spiritual experience I want to tell them that it's a beautiful experience I want to advise them to embrace it and to learn more about it mm. lean not on your own understanding because I was in that space <laughs> sometimes I think I'm still in that space half and half but... <laughs> you know, we're human and as much as personally as much as I have seen and witnessed and experienced I still have moments like this is yes. this is real yeah I wonder really <laughs> and sometimes you find yourself in space that I wasn't planning to be here but oh, I'm here I get here mm -hmm. yeah yes so in this space and okay please help us with this I said oh maybe that's why I'm here and you know what happens to me sometimes I look at an article Sometimes, like the last time I look at the scissors, I say scissors. But I've learned that I may not understand what put it in my bag. <laughs> Just put it in my bag. I might see um, something or something, a thought would come. I need to get this. Why? I don't understand, but I just want to get it. Down the road, mm -hmm. on my journey, I realized, ah, this is why I needed it. This is why I need Oh, I have this. This is why. Right? On my journey. So... I've learned to lean out on my own understanding. Mm -hmm. I know now from Yoromei's experience that the tasks that I've been asked to do or given 
I will not be left to suffer alone on that journey to complete that task. So you have been called to be an instrument of healing, healing in various ways. You might be a healer in terms of just being there and be able to tell somebody something, be able to just pray with them, be able to just guide them. That's a, that's a form of healing. Sometimes healing is not a physical thing, I've realized. Sometimes healing is a mental, it's a spiritual, it's an emotional thing. Because sometimes I might physically I'm okay, but mentally I'm trying to decipher all these things, so I am not well. But somebody might come and tell me, you know, you're trying to move this bucket by lifting, and you cannot lift. Or if you ask somebody to come and move this bucket for you, the point is the bucket moves. <laughs> because you want it moved to do so you move so they're like ah thank you so that gives you a, a waraguni right you are relief right yeah. so healing comes in at times death is healing i've never thought of it that way death yes. can be healing yes like after a long sickness okay uh-huh because when when my stepdad got ill he went to the hospital actually walk into the hospital i came out in a casket that really got to me. And when I saw my brother and my dad, energetic people suffering because of cancer, and there was nothing more that could have been done to their body, earthly body. When my dad said, I, I want to die. I'm ready to die because of this excruciating pain. And there's nothing more that can be done. Then I said, I say, you know what? And after their death, when they came through, they said, they're happy, they're free. The spirit is not suffering anymore in this body, in this physical form. So it's a healing. So I've learned it's a healing. Someone asked me, are you afraid to die? I don't fear death, but I don't want to die now. There's so much I want to accomplish, so much I want to see in my, in my earthly body. But I know that when I die, there will be no fear because I'm going where my dad is, where my brothers are, you know, where my grandparents are, where my cousins are. The whole tribe. That's, a, that's another reunion. And I'll also, although I won't be able to hold them physically, they won't be able to see, I'll be with my with my loved ones still here in their physical self. You know, so I have that understanding. So I don't really fear death, but I don't want to die now, no more. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. Before we ask our last question, where can people find your language books and sign up for your Garifuna language classes? Okay. For my language um, program, I do it by phasing by cohort, so they can link me up on WhatsApp, 501-621-497, or they go on my Facebook page, um, Gwen Nunes Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. Or um, right now, I am working on a website. Okay. So we're, um, I've started and then I got stuck, so to speak. So somebody is helping me with that. So I'm putting all that I need to put together so I can power that to him and then he will finish off the, the, the site oh, and they'll be able to link. And I'm trying to, I've visited with the bank manager to find ways for international payments. Right. That I can direct access. Right now as it is, um, People would send me to wire transfer. Yeah, MoneyGram. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Money Money okay. yes. 
and um or I, like I have like cousins in America, they pay them for me and then one payment comes to me. Or if somebody's coming there, yeah. So so I'm trying to regularize that kind of ways, yeah. And your books? Where can people find your your books? It's called Lerero Gaifuna, the Gaifuna um language. I have and volume one has nothing to do with volume two. It's not like a bill up. I just call it volume one because that's, that's the first one I did. And I did volume two. Um, but afterwards I see that it people are so used to the way volumes are put in books that uh uh-huh, but it's nothing like that. I just put volume one because it's one. Um two. Um I've put it in forms in, in themes. So you can people can learn by themes. So for example, words that you use at the Dabuyaba, our ancestral space. So all the words, all the words that you use in church, when you're cooking with things in the bedroom, like the articles, mm-hmm. um, right? And I've also in volume two, tried to make it educational. So I have like um, homonyms, homographs, things in, in Gaifuna words that are same meaning, spelled correctly, but it depends on the context. Um, mm. Words that are spelled similarly, but completely change the meaning in terms of the spelling, because in Gaifuna we have two U. Gaguti, U with the two that, that gives you an uh sound. Then you have the U, plain U like the English U, that gives you an U sound. Like soon and spoon and moon, mm. and then for example, you have a word like um. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They have a word like uma, right? Uh. That's the U with the two that M and A. So in Garifuna we spell it Gaguti Ma Garunat, because the name for A in Garifuna is Garunat. So Gaguti. Ma M Garunat E. So U M E. But because I had you we had the that, it gives you an uh sound. So that means street, highway, road. Then you have Maguti, that's the U with only two that. Ma Garunat. U M A. But that is um with. So it completely changes the meaning of the word. Carfina is so complicated. Yes. So, so, uh, but once you understand, once you understand the rules, that's when you learn any language. They teach you the rules of reading. In Spanish, you see double L, you know that that's a Y song. In English, double L is L. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you learn those rules, so you're able to read. And the same way, once you learn the rules, it's not um, difficult. So I have, and then I'm working on volume three. And in volume three, I am including similar words, words that that um that are similar from my experience with my Carib language and the Arawak. So words that are derived, so I'm including those so people can have those. And I put it in a puzzle form. Because people love puzzles. So you have the puzzle that you'll find the words in Gaifuna, and on the next page, you have the English and Gaifuna. So you know the meaning. So it becomes a mini dictionary in the end. Then I have games. There's a game called Numero. That's a dice game that you learn um, your numbers. And also a MasterCard where you have all the numbers from 1 to, 
a million how to see from one to a million how to see years right i have that then i have a card game now this card game is not my original idea but i i watch it from the chalupa the spanish chalupa right mm -hmm. and with the spanish chalupa i've learned words the name of uh, articles and items right so that's the same idea but that's in, in Garifuna. But they're my pictures and everything. Then I'm working on um, a hopscotch and Ruguma game to be close, similar to the snake and ladder. Okay. Oh, that's, that's cool. That's yes. great. I would have loved that as yes, a kid. So I'm, I'm working sure. on that I right now. I would love that as an adult. True. <laughs> hopscotch and Ruguma. So, Sereme Wayabu Bayano Hawama. <laughs> Thank you for speaking with us. Dig, 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 dig. I will be joining your next cohort because I'm finding <laughs> in the three weeks that I spent in Belize, I picked up so much words, so many more mm -hmm. words from my grandparents. And it's an additional step to connecting with my own culture. And it just feels right. It feels That's good. right. It feels mm -hmm. good. So. I will be there. So for our last and final question, what does it mean to you, Gwen, to be Garifuna? To be Garifuna, it means that I am a being that is connected to my ancestral routine. And being Garifuna to me also means that, that I have been given a DNA from men and women who are warriors, who are survivors. Mm. So every time I go into that defeatish state, I say, no, 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 Gwen Marie, you're from Chatouille. You're from Baroda. Mm. Huh? You're from Marcella. You know, you're from Victor. As my grandfather was the alcalde in Hopkins for years. You know? And then my next grandfather, he was one of those who made um straw, straw um basket baskets and yeah he be yes from the the um go away and then so i remind myself so being a means that i have a you know strength i have a culture i have a language that is rich a language that teaches me respect um yes i should have mentioned that too that when you learn your indigenous language Respect is automatically embedded in that language. As for example, if I speak to my peers and I want to say no, I say ino. To my elder, I say uwa. If I want to say yes to my elder, I say aha. To my friend, I say aye. So that's embedded in the language. And then there's some words that children use and words that adults use. Right? So for example, if I want to go to the bathroom and I want to urine, the, the English say, I want to pee, they go and they pee. In adults, adult person say, they go arabo. Arabo is also pee. But a child will say, asisia. Mm. So those factors are embedded in the language, respect. So I, I am I'm blessed as a Garifuna to have that knowledge. And as a guy, if I have my own food, and with this COVID, I'm realizing that my food has always been healthy. Being Garifuna means that we're embracing, for me, a rich culture. 
that makes you a stronger being emotionally, physically, and spiritually. So what it, that's what it means to me as a guy for now. And I'm proud of who I am. I don't allow others to define me. Mm -mm. Hmm. Right? And who call me derogative name, that's their problem. Not my problem. That is their problem. If they want to go there, then that's their problem. Them and their God. They and their God, not me. Because God created me in his own image and likeness. That means he has many images and many likenesses. God is a fun human being. He loves diversity. So he created this rich culture called Grefna. These smart, beautiful, powerful, intelligent people. That's right. And we are and, and I am and, and, I, and I am a member of that uniqueness. Hey! Hey! Yeah. Oh damn! You know? So hello. We're mm -hmm. all that. So once we learn to embrace that, then we know that we don't live down to we don't just exist in this world. We each have our own um, purpose. So let's find our purpose and let's know ourselves. Garfuna Sisters Talk Spirituality with me, Kylie Simone, and my sister, Feroza Cayetano, featuring Dr. Gwen Nunez Gonzalez. If you enjoyed our show, introduce a friend and show them how to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. You can follow us on Instagram at Garfuna Sisters Podcast, and you can email us at garfunasisters at gmail.com. This is an ongoing conversation, so feel free to send us any questions or comments through the Anchor app or dropping us a message through our email or social media. Until next time, Bungyo Goma! Bye.